Grace God. I'm glad you were you able to join today and listen. Can you just be silent for a moment while we pray? Dear Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for your peace and your mercy. Thank you for calling us to your light. Thank you for declaring your love over us. Thank you for declaring sonship. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for the blood that was shed on the cross, your blood, your precious blood that has called us to this adoption. Father, I pray, Lord, that as your word comes forth, you open up our hearts to receive and that beyond hearing, we will go into doing and we will practice it and bear fruit in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. One of the things that I, I, I really want to share today as believers to Christians, to to people who go to church, to, to born again believers. Throughout my, my years as a Christian, throughout my years as a believer, seeking after God, trying to know God, um, doing my best to get close to God, seeking him, um, you know, in my quest to, to explore God, scripture says they don't know their god shall be strong and do explore and so i've noticed one of the things and this is this is something that is that is that is in a lot of our lives as christians it's in a lot of our lives as as churchgoers is that we have not decided to know God for ourselves. A lot of people claim to know God. You know, we speak in tongues. Um, we have a lot of revelations. We have a lot of different things going on. But we have not decided to know God for ourselves. And so, I I, I even came to, to an understanding that uh, as Christians, it's, it's funny because... Most of the problems that we have in the body of Christ is not a prayer problem. And I will I will speak on this. It is it is more of a knowledge problem. We have not taken time to know God. Um I was talking to a friend earlier today and you know it's somebody I knew from from, from over five years ago. Uh we used to be in the same church we we were in fact in the same department as protocols in church and i I, you know he he made a few statements and then we got into a deep conversation i don't know how deep it was for him at least for me it was deep because we 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 got we got we, we started talking about the knowledge of god and it triggered a lot in my mind because as Christians, we don't really take time to know who God is. And I'll read from Scripture really quick. I'll read from Scripture really quick. Matthew chapter 16 from verse 13. I like to read from the King James Version. I like to read from the King James Version. Matthew chapter 16. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, 
Philippe. He asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? This is the question that God is trying and is asking a lot of us as believers. Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Do you know that a lot of believers do not believe in God? Many believers do not believe in God. Many believers are struggling with their belief. And so he's asking, who do you say I am? Because you can only experience God to the level in which you know him. God is still in the business of trying to make us know him. So he's asking his disciples. This is a man who has walked among his disciples. He has wrought a lot of miracles among his disciples. But he's asking them, you know, that first question was just something to put. In other words, who did the congregation say that I am? Who did the church say that I am? Who did the people say that I am? Who did the multitude say that I am? Until you start knowing God beyond your church, until you start knowing God beyond a corporate gathering, until you start knowing God beyond, and it only comes to the level in which we are hungry for Him. It only comes to the level in which we are desperate for Him. He said, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God is not in the business of imposing himself on people. I am very sure within me that everyone has had a chance to experience God. He will not put you out there until he has shown you himself. And so Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood are not revealed unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Knowing God comes with revelation. For Peter to have known that Jesus was the Son of God. For Peter to have known that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. It was only by revelation. You know, a lot of people, this Christian walk, we meet a lot of people in church. As a matter of fact, we started comparing ourselves to them. We start matching ourselves to them. We start comparing tongues. We're comparing experiences. We're comparing who can pray more, who can fast more. We're checking. It is only to the degree in which God reveals himself to you that you can know him. Our walk with God is dependent to the degree in which himself has been revealed. Scripture says no one comes to the Father, no one comes to the Son except the Father draws him. You know, a lot of us, like myself, were born in church. We were raised in church. We went to church all our lives. But I can tell you, like you can tell, that a lot of people did not know God. A lot of people have not had experiences with God. All through my years as a teenager, I went to a tongue-speaking church. My grandmother would pray all, all night, every day, Sunday to Sunday. But I'm telling you that I had not had an experience of God. I did not know who God was. Who do you say I am? God is interested in drawing you close, in revealing himself to you. Because until you get the revelation of God, your belief system will be tongue, 
on some letters on what you have said. So I had that conversation with my friend earlier. And he was saying a lot of people know God. A lot of people that, that, that. I said, listen, there is a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. You cannot talk about somebody you don't know. It's different when you have heard about me and you have things to say about me that you have heard than when you actually know me and you can say some things about me. Until you come close, you will not know who I am. You ever had that one friend who, who you, 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 you hear a lot of things about them? That classmate, that, that co-worker. You join a company, there's this person, they tell you this person is like this, and it's like this, and it's like this. Or you ever have that one person who walk up to you and be like, look, you're different. You're not like what I heard they say you are. Because everybody have their own version of you. Everybody have their own knowledge of you. But until you get close to that person enough, you will not be able to know who that person is. Scripture says that Samuel was born. And after he was weaned by his mother, Hannah, he was handed over to the church. He was given over to Eli as, 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 as fulfilling her covenant. And when she fulfilled her covenant, the man grew up in the church, in the Lord, all his life. But guess what? He did not know who God was. Samuel did not know who God was. Samuel had never heard God. And the Bible says that in those days, the voice of God was scarce. It was so scarce. There was a prophet, but the voice of God was scarce. And every time the prophet Eli, the priest Eli, will come and preach. And us, that was what they heard. That was what they knew about God. Up until now, the degree to which you know God is all what you hear in church. Up until now, all what you know about God is what you have heard in church. When you get back home, your Bible is shot. The only times you fast is when it is, there's, there's fasting that's declared in church. The only time you take time to pray, to have a vigil, is when there's one that is declared in church. So the man, Samuel, all his life, the only voice he knew, the only way he knew how to hear from God was through his papa, was through his prophet, was through his priest, was through his spiritual father. In fact, the man was his father because he had lived there his whole life. The Bible says, and, and the voice of God came and called him Samuel, Samuel. Guess who we first ran to? His pup. Did you call me? Because he had been so accustomed to hearing only from the altar. And don't get me wrong. The altar is speaking every day. The altar is speaking every day. But until the altar starts pointing you towards Jesus, altar is speaking against you until the altar starts pointing you towards jesus towards knowing him in the book of ephesians paul said my heart desire my prayer for you is that you may know god he said i cease not to make prayer for you every day that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened that you may know what the hope of the calling is in fact let's let's read that scripture really fast thank you jesus from verse 15 Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 15 wherefore I also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of our glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him and the eyes of your understanding be 
being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the work of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. This is Paul making mention of the Ephesians in prayer. Pointing them towards God. Pointing them towards God. Towards having an intimate relationship with God. You must have an you must know God to have an intimate relationship with Him. How many of you have a father and it's a distance relationship? You send him a letter every day. He sends you a letter back. In fact, you, 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 you have a father and all what you do is you have to talk to someone to talk to the father. And every time that father talks to somebody to talk to you, that is not love. The reason why Jesus died was to restore relationship. The reason why Jesus died was to reconcile us to God. In, in the book of Genesis, it said at the cool of the day, the spirit of the Lord came and he was looking for his friend, Adam, to have a chat with him, to have, to have intercourse, koinonia with him, to have fellowship with him. That means it was the habit of the father to come and spend time with his friend, Adam, to come and spend time with his friend. And so because that relationship was broken, he missed his friend. He missed his son. So John 3.6 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He restored our relationship by sacrifice. By love. By love. First Corinthians 6, 6, 16. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God had said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. This was Paul quoting the book of Isaiah. He was quoting Jeremiah. He was quoting Ezekiel. All through the prophets, from, the, from time past, he had started speaking. He said, I will walk in them. He said, I will walk among you. I will be your God and you shall be my people. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. My dwelling dwelling place shall be in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. So he started prophesying. What is it about the relationship between God and man that he will lay his son to restore that relationship? He wants us to know him. He wants us to know him. He knows us, but he wants us to know him. You must know God. And there is no relationship without intimacy. I say this again. There is no true relationship without intimacy. And intimacy is a true way. It's a, it's a two-way thing. Intimacy is a two-way thing. Intimacy, it's a two-way thing. I love you, you love me. 
If it's one-sided, there's no relationship. Intimacy is birthed from the place of love. We must love God. We must know Him. And a lot of people have not understood it. Scripture says we love God because He loved us first. And maybe that's another topic. Maybe that's a topic for, for another day. But I'll shine some light on that. Because a lot of people have not understood what loving God means. Oh, God, I love you. You sing those songs and you cry and you feel goosebumps and all that. That is not what love is. You can't love God that way. Those are ways of expressing your love to God. But beyond that, the true way of loving God is by obeying. When Jesus was trying to teach, because God, God does not walk this earth like another person that you can grab him and say, Oh God, I love you. Oh God, I love you. I love you. I miss you. So we can express our love towards him in different ways. But the true way, the true way to express your love towards God is in obeying. Jesus said that. He said, if you love me, you will do my commandment. If you love me, you will do my commandment. That was God, you know. We, we, we like to talk about love language. That is God's love language. Huh? Towards us, he gave. For us, towards him is we will obey. And when we say obey, a lot of people think that it's so difficult to obey God. God made us free moral agents. We have a choice every day. My pastor says this all the time. Every day you wake up in the morning, there's a choice before you. Whatever you do, whatever you become, it's as a result of the choices that you make. So you can't wake up every day and say, Lord, I love you and you hate your neighbor. In fact, scripture tried to, to demonstrate it. And he said, how do you say you love a God you have not seen when you don't even love your neighbor that you see? And who is your neighbor? Jesus, when he was describing a neighbor, when he was trying to define a neighbor, he used the parable of the good Samaritan. That means that person, you cannot even get something back from them. We always want something back. You know, we have a lot of enemies. A lot of people have imaginary enemies. In fact, you have enemies who don't even know they are your enemies. I've seen a lot of people block their destiny helpers because of... They, they think that person is against them. All through scripture, the people that hated Jesus and the disciples that learned it when Stephen was being stoned, he said, do not lay to their charge, Lord. Even Jesus, when he was killed, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We have not truly come to understand what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not put itself first. It thinks about the next person first. Love does not think of what it gets back. Because scripture says God he, he showed his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners. In fact, while we were not sorry. He sent his only son to die for us. Maybe if God wanted something back from you, you know, we've, I've heard a lot of a lot of teachings saying, "Oh, God loves you because He wants you to work for Him." What can you give to God? What can
can you give to God? When Jesus was entering Jerusalem and they were putting palm fronds and all the palms and all the things and the donkey was walking on top and they said, oh, see how the people praise you. I say, if they don't praise me, if they don't praise God, the Father will raise stones. Sometimes we, we, start, we, 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 we get so relevant in the kingdom of God that we start thinking that God needs us so much. I've seen a lot of people hold, their, hold the, the, the work of God hostage with their gifts. I've seen a lot of people, they hold, the, 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 they hold God hostage. They hold the, the work of God hostage with their gifts and they feel like they have become too relevant that God cannot do without them. Oh, our generation. I don't know how we got there, but I was talking about knowing God. So we must seek God. He said, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God knows us more than we know ourselves. You know, you cannot lie to God. Uh, I always tell people this. Many years ago, I used to, when, when I started going, when I, when I started getting close to God, a lot of people think that is because I love God too much. And I say it all the time. My life was under attack. And I knew that the only way I could make it was to run to God. And so I was very fervent going to church every day doing everything because i knew that was what my life depended on it's not because i love god too much my life was under attack and so many times god will allow some things to come to us so that our eyes can be open and we can run back to him for help so he can reveal himself to us so he can show himself to us scripture says the eyes of the lord goes to and fro the earth seeking for whom he may show himself mightily God wants to show himself. So you see that every day you've been born again for five years, two years, one year, 12 years, 30 years. And you're asking, how do I hear the voice of God? Your Bible is close and you want to hear the voice of God. How is that possible? Your Bible is shut and you want to hear the voice of God. We don't spend time in meditating. We don't forgive. We don't obey. We grieve the Holy Spirit every day. A lot of people don't even have relationships with the Holy Spirit. You know, it's funny because a lot of people think that the Holy Spirit came for us to speak in tongues. They think the Holy Spirit came for us to speak in tongues. And so we have limited him to the tongue speaking. We miss the part that is the same spirit that wrought Jesus. It's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That power, the fullness of God. The fullness, the power that works in us. In the book of Ephesians, Paul the Pan says the same power that he wrought when he raised Jesus from the dead. He snatched Jesus from the dead. The man took our sins. He was separated from God. And when he got to hell, that power pulled him out. That same power lives in me and it lives in you. May we have ignored it. We have quenched it. He's a gentle spirit. We have quenched him. We don't want to know him. And in fact, there are a lot of people that 
God may not even allow some certain some certain challenges to come to you, even though it may be for your own advantage, but you have not become of age. You are not grown enough for him to allow those things to come to you because he can lose you. He can lose you. Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became old, I put away childish things. In one place, Paul said, how be it will speak wisdom among them that are mature, who by reason of, of experience, they've had their senses exercised. That means the ones that are mature, they've gone through challenges. They have exercised their faith. A man can stand before you and tell you that Jesus is a healer because he has exercised his faith in the place of sickness and seen Jesus healing him. A man can stand before you and tell you that Jesus is a provider because he has stood before God. He can tell you that God is powerful because he has seen his, his staff turn to a snake. He has seen his hand turn to leprosy and restored. He has seen the burning bush burn. Reason of experience, they have had their senses exercised we don't want to exercise our senses our faith is dormant we don't want to know god as a matter of fact we have become so comfortable as long as we have a notebook we pay our tithes we go to we pay offering we go to church there's this there's fisting after church there's coffee before church there's tea during church there's all these things and when somebody is bereaved they have to contribute when somebody has need they have to help and we have locked up ourselves and we are in that place but beyond that god is calling us to a deeper place with him he's calling us to a place of intimacy The Samaritan woman at the well, she knew God. She knew about God. She knew about God. In fact, when she met Jesus, she started telling Jesus about Jesus. She started telling Jesus about God. He said, we don't have, we don't have anything to do with you. They say, what, what, what do you know? What do you know about these things? Our fathers prayed here and they prayed there. She knew all the doctrines. She had all the messages. Paraventure, she had even read the scrolls. But Jesus, the life was standing before her and she did not know who he was. Jesus can stand before you today and you will not recognize him because all what you know is about him, but you don't know him. The goal is that you may know him. The goal is that you may know him. Ah, the book of Revelation, he said, I stand at the door and I knock. He, this was a letter that he was writing to the church. How is Jesus standing at the door of a Christian's heart and is knocking? Child of God. Jesus is standing at the door of a believer and is knocking because he's been locked outside. Jesus at the door of your heart. And is knocking because he wants to come in. He wants to go deeper. He wants to take you beyond the letters. He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants you to know him. Jesus is tired of waiting outside. Is either Jesus is called or is not. Choose you this day. Who is Jesus to you? Who do you say I am? Just Jesus asking. Who do you say I am? 
Who do you say I am? Forget about what everybody else thinks. Who do you say I am? Peter, who do you say I am? Herman, who do you say I am? Paul, who do you say I am? Fit your name there. Who do you say God is? Who do you say God is? Do you know him? Are we not tired of doing church? Are we not tired of playing church? Are we not tired of doing the same thing over and over and over again? We don't even believe. Jesus had walked with his disciples for many years. For, 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 for three and a half years. And yet, the boat was shaking. There was a storm and Jesus was sleeping. And they went and woke him up. Do you not care that we perish? It's funny, every time I read that scripture, I don't think they were calling Jesus for, for, for help. Because if they knew that he could help him, they would have woken him up long before that. They were not afraid of him. In fact, maybe they were waking him up to come and prepare and get a life vest. Or to come and hold some of the ropes that they may adjust it. Maybe that's what they were waking him up. And he was disappointed. Jesus was disappointed. He was disappointed with them. He said, for how long would I be with you, all you of little faith? And then he calmed the storm. They were depending on their years, their experience as fishermen, as sailors, as men who, you know, we still depend on our degrees. You get sick. You know that you have a primary doctor, you have a this, you have a that. You know, I've met a lot of people and sometimes I say this, the days that you did not have health insurance, that those days when you were sick, you will, you will cry unto God for help. Today you have health insurance, 401k, 402k and all those things. And to run to God for help, you first of all run to your, to your knowledge. We first of all lean on our understanding. You know, my, my, my pastor's wife, she's a, she's a medical practitioner. And we always have these conversations. We have these conversations many times. Because you get a headache, you get a fever, you already self-diagnose. And before you know it, you are thinking of the kind of medication to get. And Jesus is in you. And don't get me wrong, I'm not writing of medications or medical practice or, or and all those things. I'm just saying that most times we walk in a lot of ignorance because scripture says the just shall live by faith. We don't know God. Can you tell yourself from today, I will seek God. I will start to know God. I will start to seek his face. I will want to know him. I will open up the door of my heart that he can come in. I will open up this door of my heart that he can come in and reveal himself and lead. Scripture says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, not as many as lead the Spirit of God. You cannot lead the Spirit of God. He can lead you. Only he leads. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, not as many as lead the Spirit of God. May you allow the Spirit of God to lead you. May you allow the Spirit of God to start leading you, to start taking you deeper, deeper places, to show himself to you mightily, 
You fellowship in the church. You have seen God wrought deliverance through people, in people. You have even had experiences. And many times you've forgotten about the experiences you had in the past. That when the devil comes before you now, you forget about how God tore the Red Sea behind you many years ago. Because we don't want to know him. Sometimes we think that God is angry with us. We don't want to seek him. You know, I, I, I seem to I seem to feel like it is it is more easy to trust in God when you have no other alternatives than when you do have alternatives. I'll say this again. I've noticed that it seems like it is easier to trust in God when you have no other alternatives than when you do have alternatives. Because I have I have for example, I have I have an uncle who can help me, uh, you know, get me out of prison. He is rich. He's connected. And so I'm locked up innocently. Before I run to God, oh God, help me. Oh God, help me. Paraventure, God is trying to teach me something in this season. And maybe, yes, I'm innocent or I'm not. And instead of me to trust in God, guess what? One day, two days, three days, I call on my uncle he pulls me out you know we, we have so much foolishness we call this wisdom it's like oh you have help go to help before you go to God no go to God because God is involved in your everyday God wants to be involved in your everyday life you'll be shocked at the little things that God wants to be involved in you will be shocked at the tiny things that God wants to be involved in in your life I said, who is the greatest in the kingdom? He said, bring this child. They brought the child. He said, until you become like this little one. The Amplified Version says it's trusting, it's humble, it's forgiving. We don't trust God enough. We don't want to know him. We're comfortable where we are. We are in our comfort zones. I tell you, child of God, that which God has for you, you can only get it through faith. And faith, my friend, does not flourish where there is no need. I say this again. Faith does not flourish where there is no need. Your faith is needed in the midst of the storm. And so a lot of storms have come to help you. A lot of trials have come to strengthen you as a born-again believer to exercise your faith. But many of us are ignorant of our faith, of the power that works inside of us because we have not decided to know God. Our lives have come to a cycle, but it's high time. God is raising among us. God is raising up children. God is raising up priests. God is raising up soldiers, people who will stand for him. People who will pick up the word and say he has said it and let God be true and every man be a lie. God is calling us to sharpen up ourselves. Second Timothy said, in every great house, there's, there, there are vessels of honor, some to honor and some to dishonor. But it's a choice because if a man will therefore cleanse himself, 
King James had purged himself, he will be used as a vessel to honor. So it's up to you. Do you want to know God or do you not want to know God? Are you satisfied? Yes, I've made the, I've made the, the, the confession and all that. Listen, if there was not more to this walk in Christ, the day that you became born again, he should have called you home. Because your reward is not here. You were born for such a time as this. He called you for a reason. There's a purpose. And until you find that purpose, you, you must. it is hidden in him. You know, God has his way of, of doing things. He says, my ways are not your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. God will always find a way to wrap up your purpose in him. Such that in your quest, in finding your purpose, that is how you know who God is. Life can become so frustrating. You will turn 40, you will turn 50, you will turn even 60 and not find your purpose in God. Because you've assigned yourself something else. One time God told me, he said, you never get to an exam hall and there's an, the, the question is define a brain. And because you don't know what the brain is, you define the heart. No matter how good you define a heart, they will not give you even minus one. In fact, they will take marks from you. They'll take scores from you. So a lot of people have assigned themselves to different things that God has not called them into. In fact, they're, they're doing well. In fact, they're doing very well. Time I learned that you can even be a philanthropist going in the streets, giving people food, but that is not what God called you into. And you get to the other side and he said, this is not what I called you into. You failed. You failed. Child of God, may you not fail. May you seek God. And it's time to, to, to come off that social media, which is taking your whole time and seek the face of God. Because beyond the church, beyond the Sunday service, beyond the Wednesdays, beyond the Thursdays, beyond the Saturdays, and all those events that you have in church, the true Christianity is not shown in church. True Christianity is shown outside of church, in your house, at your job, at your school, where, where, where your, your church members are not there. That is when we'll know you're a Christian. Peter, Peter, Lord, I will die with you. No man will take you. He was in the midst of the congregants. Outside of that, when he had to show the real self, he said, this man is with Jesus. He said, I don't know this man. He swore he had never known Jesus. That is how many of us do. Outside of the church, you are not a Christian. In the church on Sunday, they call you brother, sister. In fact, you care more about what the people in church say than what God thinks about you. Many are afraid of their pastors more than they are of God. They worry more about what their pastor will say more than, more than what God says. God who sees every single thing. Oh God, arise among us. Father, every sleeping soul, I speak to you awake. Every slumbering spirit, 
I speak to your soul awake. Awake in the name of Jesus. Awake in the name of Jesus. Awake in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of lukewarmness and heaviness and laziness. I speak to your bones in the spirit. Awake in the name of Jesus. Arise in the name of Jesus. Arise in the name of Jesus. May you seek God. I stir up the hunger of God inside of you. Like Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, Stir up the gift of God that was that you received. I speak to your soul awake, 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 awake in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I will talk to you again. Please do well to subscribe and keep. If you are blessed, please subscribe. Share with one person. Share it with someone who needs to hear this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.